Welcome to the Herd Mentality Podcast, an eclectic weekly mix of atheistic and humanistic conversations with complete strangers. Adam Reeks has never met us and we've never met him, but we're throwing caution to the wind and taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection and, God willing, get an interesting conversation for you to listen to on this week's all-Aussie episode of the Herd Mentality. It's time to meet our guests. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Herd Mentality uh, and Disengage Radio Voice. Today we have three Australians from, well, they're not, let's go so far as to say perhaps two and two thirds. We've got <laughs> at M-C-K-N-I-C-K, which is McNick, who Good is evening. Simon from Melbourne, who's from New Zealand, which is a place. Hi, Simon. Apparently it's the... The further South Island of Australia. Ah, uh, really? Would we? Yeah, want? they're like honorary members of Australia. Shush! I haven't introduced you yet. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and on the far right, we have the ever popular who has just reached three thousand and five followers at <laughs> Atheist M. Hi, M. Hi. And where are you from? I'm from Adelaide. That's the city of churches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it here. It's why I haven't left. <laughs> it's unnecessary. Of all the things. <laughs> Of all the things you could be the city of, it's churches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, that's an... why I'm celebrating the 3,000 followers with a church selfie, because it's so easy here. Ah, oh, yeah, just pop down to your local... Grab two, <laughs> two litres of milk, take a photo. Yeah. And there was another voice in there. I think that was at Andrew Graham one That's me. Hello. And where are you from? I'm from Sydney. Is that a... I'm from Sydney. Yes. Whereabouts in Sydney are you? Uh, I'm in sort of the, the southern suburbs, Rockdale. Rockdale, okay. Is that where the riots happen and people get punched? Uh, not really, but it's not too far. Yeah, just down the road, Cronulla. Yeah, yeah. All sorts and I'm actually of um, races originally there. from around the same area where you're from. How do you we... know where I'm from? Well, we talked about it on Twitter before. Did we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. Um, I'm, I'm from, you know, the same area, so it'd probably right. be you know around 20 minutes drive. Well, there you go. You could have. You could have just popped around. You know, helped yourself to my wine collection. Yeah, is that I'm offer open to all of us? Uh, it's going to be a long hike from Melbourne. I can <laughs> jump on a plane. Next time well, we're in the neighbourhood, Adam. No, you, um, you wouldn't want to jump on a plane. I mean, the water in Adelaide's too thick to drink and too thin to plough <laughs> and probably got enough, enough alcohol in it to get you over the limit anyway. What, does it not? Yeah, well, that's probably pretty true. And I can always pop down to the Catholic Church too and have some wine or blood or whatever they're calling it these days. So. <laughs> Post-transformation wine. Yeah, that one. <laughs> now, there's a place near Adelaide called uh, Mount Gambia. What do you know about it, Emma? Uh, Mount Gambia. I went there for my grandma's birthday once. <laughs> oh, that would have been a hoot. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I think I was there for her birthday too. <laughs> Who was it? <laughs> what do you know, know about it? I don't know a whole lot about it. There's mm. mountains and that's about all I know. <laughs> no, it's not even a mountain. It's a dis- it's an extinct volcano and it's... Uh, I have been to it. And what do you remember about it? What is the dis- Distinct feature of it. I do believe it's a lake now. Yes. Yeah. But that's not really a feature in itself. Is that, is that not a feature? The, the answer we're looking for is it's blue. Oh. It's really, really well, blue. And the, it's got a very high mineral count in the water. Oh, God, you're hopeless. Oh, we're going to have to Hi. send you back to church. Oh, I learned so much there. And at McNick, what do you do? Me? I am a, about a year into my PhD. 
uh, studying neuropharmacology at the University of Melbourne. Cool. The University of Melbourne, smack bang in the middle. That's right. Yeah, I chased a researcher over here from New Zealand uh, who I was working with Alzheimer's disease in New Zealand, did a master's degree there, and there was a, a group I wanted to work for, and just so happened they worked in Melbourne, so here I am. So you worked with Alzheimer's? Yeah, so both my PhD and my master's were based on Alzheimer's research, um, albeit quite different areas within Alzheimer's. Uh, the, the PhD is much more translational research. I'm working with compounds and, and hopefully getting closer to developing a therapy for it. That's pretty awesome. I've got a friend who works for the Alzheimer's Association of Australia. Oh, very nice. The, one of the gentlemen in my lab is um, on the board of trustees for that as well. It's a small world. Apparently so. You know, 23 million people in the country and what are the chances we should meet on the internet talking about something that we have in common? I know, fancy that, eh? <laughs> and you, you're in your little profile picture there, you're concocting some sort of song? You either? may be completely misinterpreting my picture. Is it a meth lab? Yes, that'll be it. <laughs> Are you talking about my um, my avatar on Twitter? Well, I'm talking about the one I'm looking at on Skype at the moment. But oh, I that's on Skype. That's me DJing. <laughs> Right. Well, why didn't you just say that? I was be- I was trying to lead you into it. You walked right away from it. I, ha- I handed it to you, and you took off. <laughs> I'm blowing the painkillers I'm on at the moment, Adam. Ah, oh, yeah. Tell elaborate. So yeah, knee surgery on Tuesday, and uh, to deal with the pain, they've given me a pretty heavy dose of opiates. Excellent. Which has absolutely obliterated my short-term memory and concentration. And Andrew Graham, you don't even yes. have a picture here, so I'm just looking at the little silhouette of nobody. Who are you? What do you do? Uh, well, um, outside of Twitter, I work in uh, the finance industry, so just transferring money around. Uh, I have other interests, obviously. Yeah, you know, the things that I tweet about are in you regards to religion. Wow, what, um, what, what is more interesting than transferring money about? Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's actually a, a very boring job. So luckily, you know, it's, it sort of gives me a bit of time uh, to listen to podcasts and things like that. And um, I have a bit of time to tweet. So it's, it's quite good in that way. That's actually probably when I get most of my tweeting done. <laughs> <laughs> During work hours. Yeah, yeah. Because at, at home, we've got, um, we've got a almost two-year-old baby and he takes up a lot of time. He doesn't go to bed very early. So uh, yeah, it's his, um, he takes up a lot of uh, my time at home. I can imagine. Well, I can't really imagine because I've never manufactured a smaller person myself. Uh, I think that it might just be easier to adopt them when they're 18. It that probably would be, yeah. They're toilet trained. You know, you still get to play the PlayStation. All is right 18, the is that an offer, Adam? Uh, no, I, well, would I adopt you? Right. I think you'll be... <laughs> Uh, no, Em, I think we'd, you'd be more of a tag and release scenario, I think, into the wild. Oh, you, well. <laughs> you've got something coming up in another country, don't you? Yes, I'm headed off to Cambodia in November. For how long? Uh, a month, exactly. Okay, and what are you planning to do? Um, I'm spending two weeks working at an elephant refuge, so there's mistreated and um, endangered elephant elephants there, and then... Uh, I spend a week building houses and facilities, and then I, I'm going down to a school for a week as well, which I'm hoping to go back to the school for a long amount of time, another year. Yeah, right. That's four weeks in one month. I don't think you've <laughs> accounted for 
spending an entire week strapped to the toilet. Oh. Because... <laughs> oh, my gosh, we're there already. <laughs> uh, no, look, we've got to go there. And let me give you... From someone... I, I lived in Asia for a year. Uh, I lived in Vietnam and taught French and English at a university there. And I can assure you that uh, it doesn't matter whether your stomach is made of cast iron or not. <laughs> something will disagree with you. Probably probably the deep-fried moths or crickets or whatever. Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> whatever it is you pick up on one of the little side stands. Squid, perhaps. Oh, uh, no. And it'll go through you like a Porsche <laughs> at, the, at the most inconvenient of times. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah. everybody says I eat like a canary, so maybe I'll just take a big kilo bag of almonds with me and live off that for a month. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> That'll do. Okay, so guys, what's the interest in getting on Twitter? Oh, got to feel the time somehow. <laughs> started off for me as a, a good way to interact with other atheists, um, like most people do, but I don't know, more recently I've been focused on trying to get into the, the science communication side of things. Have you got in touch with any of the other scientists who have previously appeared on this podcast? I follow most of them. I think I've followed virtually everyone that you've, uh, you've had on. <laughs> Why would anybody do that? There's, there's some really good ones. I've, uh, I really do quite like Religious Tourist. I think he's very clever. I've got to get him back on after his apostasy because I think he's only got one week to go and then he's out of the Muslim faith and into the deep fryer. Yeah, know. his idea is really cool, isn't it? It is. 12 religions in 12 months. It uh, takes a lot of, um, it'd take a lot of commitment. Um, it'd be quite difficult, I would think, for some of them. Well, man, over the next year, I'm going to learn about all the difficulties because I ran into him in month three. This is how out of date I am. I'm not with the times. <laughs> so, Andrew, how did you come to be on Twitter? Well, um, I, I started getting interested in this subject uh, quite a while ago, years ago. I'd always thought about setting up my own website on it, which I eventually started setting up. And I thought of, you know, Twitter and Facebook just as a way of trying to gain exposure. But I didn't really realise what you could do on Twitter until I until I joined up last uh, November. Uh, and then I think oh, I said, well, why didn't I go on here years ago? You know, it's it's because quite it amazing. Because MySpace back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, it, it's. It's amazing what you can do on it and the, the, the kinds of people that you can follow as well. I, I follow, you know, as, as you guys would, a, a lot of um, scientists, uh, philosophers and people who know a lot more than I do. Uh, and it's fantastic to be able to um, to learn a lot from them as well. Mm, that's the thing, isn't it? Surrounding yourself with people who are smarter than you are so you can learn from them. Yeah, yeah. And we get into debates, you know, on, on Twitter and it's great that we can sort of tag people in. Uh, it's it's kind of just like having a whole bunch of experts on your side that that can back you up. So it's fantastic. What are you What are you guys' thoughts on trolling? Every now and then, you just have to give it a crack. I think it's <laughs> and, a it's a good way to let off a little bit of steam. And who's your target, M? Uh, Sayadotus is my personal favourite. I think I've been added to the block list at the moment, though. Oh well, that's unfortunate. I don't know who that is. Oh, he's great. Uh, him and Lee Strobel and Deepak Chopra. Yeah, big oh, isn't he great? <laughs> uh, yeah, Deepak, um, our love was not meant to be. He's um, blocked me. You haven't oh, managed to make amends, have you? you? No, but I will be hiding in the bushes out the front of his hotel suite when he comes <laughs> to Australia. So they're your weapons of choice, Emma. Mm. I, I, look, I go the, um, the Deepak comfort route. Yeah, because, look, you can't go wrong with both of those guys. Blessed teen, well, I think his mum 
add me to his blocked list. (laughs) (laughs) Bit upset about that one because I really would have liked to have had him on the show. I think he would make a great addition, actually. Damn straight. (laughs) What about trolling, Simon? What are your thoughts? Um... I I haven't actually. I think I must be really bad at it because <laughs> I've I never I never get a good bite. And um, I I do the classics though, like you mentioned, Adam, Bless Teen, and uh, Old Ray Comfort. Deeper comfort, masters of the universe. Never got a bite out of them, so I don't know if I'm doing it wrong or what. Mm, no, I just think they're <sighs> too wrapped up in their own. But no, I think they're smarter than that. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. It's a lot they're, of credit yeah. you're giving. You have to no, give them some, a little bit of credit. They're, they're smart guys. They know exactly what they're doing. Mm. They're running their empire. They're building their flock. They're, but it's no different to what I'm doing, really. Just a different flock. Just a different yeah. flock. And I'm not lying to you guys. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't purport to know the beginnings of the universe. That's not how I roll. I get people on and ask them questions about that. Yeah. And Andrew, trolling, are you in favour or unfair? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I, I normally just reply to a lot of the stuff that just comes up on my home timeline. Mm. Um, but there are people like, yeah, you know, Ray Comfort, who I, who I reply to. Um, I haven't got a reply from him. Um, right. I, I've had one or two from Deepak. Deepak Comfort, masters of the but I haven't been blocked yet. Yeah, and just, just a lot of random ones, you know. Oh, um, well, can you work the colonic consciousness hashtag for me? Because okay. That's, that's, that's where it's happening. Uh, no, well, uh, very occasionally I run into a troll, but I think they're getting easier to sniff out. When you see somebody who's got 15 followers and, you know, they've got a picture of a semi-automatic machine gun as their... The funny thing is, though, that there are there are trolls out there who have thousands of followers, and it, it makes you wonder how they get them. You, you know, might they, be they, talking about Joel Osteen, are you? Uh, no, well, there, there was um, oh, I don't know their names. There's some that I've just come across recently. They get really irate and swear and th- make threats, uh, and yeah, it makes oh, you wonder how they get so many. Yeah, you guys. Have you guys have come seen across Snapperhead? Yeah, that's that's one of them. Yeah, yeah. So he had yeah. something like fifteen thousand followers, uh, which he liked to draw attention to. He likes calling everybody else uh, a small account, or um, what does he say? Like you know, he, he just always mentions your your few followers. Well, that's kind of like the uh, the guy he was in government in Texas, I believe, that has a Twitter account and yeah, was kind uh, of trolling me and a couple of the other girls the other day and I think all oh, of us got reduced to tits or get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Neocon Atheist? Uh, no. I can't. That was talking of Todd, Todd Kincannon. Oh. Yeah, Todd Kincannon, that's that one. one. Mm, that's an anagram for twat. <laughs> exactly. Believe it or not. <laughs> All right, let's give the guys, the, the, the Twitter peasants, guys, let's give the Twitter peasants some cliches from Australia. What's the first thing that people ask you about, about Australia? Oh, Vegemite, Austra- drop bears. Australian chocolate. <laughs> Australian chocolate, really? Vegemite, yeah. Oh, right, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, went, I went and lived in France for a year, went to high school over there, took over a whole bunch of those little Vegemite pa- sachets from McDonald's, <laughs> took them into the classroom and handed everybody one and said, all right, put your finger in, take a big scoop and then pop it in your mouth. It's Australian chocolate. And um, oh. then there were sort of 30 students lined up at the bin convulsing. And 30 French kids <laughs> crying. <laughs> Worst teacher ever. Uh, no, I wasn't the teacher. I was one of the students. So oh. it, was, it was sort of like show and tell. 
<laughs> Here's something that's probably toxic. Andrew, what's a drop bear? Oh, it's, uh, well, they live in trees and places like that, and they just randomly drop on people who walk underneath. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, they're quite dangerous. The, the bottom is designed Sharp to deliver teeth. maximum impact to the victim, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So how would a drop bear attack a tourist? Um, well, it's it's death from above, really. So they would uh, just climb out on a branch, perhaps. And they've got it's, they're a bit like a koala, but with a much thicker hide around the bottom end. And as they collide with uh, the tourist's cranium, they sort of bounce off. They're, they're well shielded. And then they gather around for feeding, don't they, with their little sharp teeth? Yep, yep, that's uh, it. That's pretty brutal. Mm. Do you have drop bears in New Zealand, Simon? No, to be perfectly honest, that was my first introduction to drop bears. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've never... I, I had seen the the words, well, the term brandied around, but I'd never known what they were until your uh, excellent explanation. Thank you, Adam. Brandied around? <laughs> <laughs> you, you're high on painkillers, aren't you? You're forgiven. I'm glad I'm not the only one then. <laughs> Is this just a day in the life for you, Emma? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay. So, cliches, Australia's full of them. How godless are we here? Quiet. That's, uh, I mean, between Australia and New Zealand, we seem to be fairly secular, don't we? I think a lot of people are fairly just indifferent about it at least where i'm from andrew yeah i I think so too um i i didn't have a lot of exposure to religion growing up the town that i lived in as far as i could tell was all pretty much either not religious or never talked about it so um and you know my parents weren't none of my family are religious um i don't really know many people who are so it's it's not really the case of you know people always say that uh, atheists are kind of just like rejecting god but for me I'd never really had anything like that to start with. You had you know, it's not really a choice too. of believing or believing there's none. It's just, it, it was never a thing. Yeah, see, I'm in much the same boat. And I think many of the students in the public school system in Australia would have basically come out of it telling the same story. What was it like in Kiwiland? It was fairly similar. Uh, well, with the odd difference that my mother enrolled me in an Anglican school. So that was obviously going to have religious... Uh, Influence, but I wasn't. I didn't go to that school for any religious reason. I went to it just because it was one of the better schools nearby us. And but aside from that, and even there, it was fairly. Uh, it wasn't exactly forced upon us to any great length. We had compulsory religious education once a week, which was entertaining for me. I ended up being the bane of my chaplain's life. But um, yeah, that was fantastic and, at our school too. <laughs> <laughs> but as for you know society and school and things like that, it was like you said. It was really it was either atheist all around or just not generally talked about. And why do you think we're talking about it more now? For me, I think it's because as I've become grown, uh, grown more aware, I guess, uh, of the far-reaching influences of religion. And it's not just a, you know, people say beliefs are harmless, and I think that's absolutely not true in the case of religion. And I guess as I've become more aware of its far-reaching consequences, I've wanted to, I guess, act out against it more. And you can do that by being concise on Twitter. <laughs> Twitter, I like, to, I like to think of Twitter as like being able to eavesdrop on any conversation in the world. <laughs> you can search a particular hashtag and you can go look at a conversation anywhere in the world on a particular subject. So you can weigh in all over the place. You're like a one-man NSA. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny, isn't it, when you when you comment or you know when you reply to some of these tweets and people are surprised that people would you know you know just jump in. So they say something really stupid about atheists and atheists hate God or uh, atheists are, are as bad as uh, you know Hitler and other things and and they get replies and suddenly it's it's you know they get swamped and they just. 
they're shocked that you know anyone would reply to an idiotic tweet. Well, I'm shocked that anybody replies to any of my idiotic tweets because mm-hmm. I'll be honest, they're all pretty stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, any thoughts? Well, I mean, I think I'm kind of like Simon. Um, you know, people kind of say to me, religious beliefs are harmless. Why do you feel the need to speak out against it? But I think they're not harmless. And like, I'm a bit of a history buff. I think if you look anywhere through history, you can kind of see the damage that it has done. You look somewhere like um, Russia, you know, pre-Soviet Union, um, when they still had a Tsar and everything, and there's peasants, or un- unlike the Twitter peasants, you know, the regular peasants that are being treated. Peasants um, without hor- Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> they existed. Um, and, you know, they kind of believe that this Tsar's ruling by divine right, so they put up with these... Uh, terrible conditions and I think there's kind of examples of that still you know like people you know with so much drama like we've had with the Catholic Church in recent years um, you know placing your trust in the wrong kind of people and it can get out of hand really. I I think the the more you learn about you know what's happening in the world the more you kind of realize there's a common theme uh, through a lot of the issues. Virgin birth. And it's, it's it's normally you know if, if not religion uh, causing the problem, it could be doing a lot to prevent a solution to a problem, or it could just be generally irrational things, superstitions and other things that are, that are doing it as well. You know, I didn't have any reason to question it. I was kind of a very, you know, agnostic kind of uh, relativist, I guess you could say, you know, allowing everybody to believe and say whatever they want. And I kind of started to think, well, it's not really, you know, not everybody really has the right to act on all of these beliefs and and just cause problems. You know, people really need to speak up and do something about it. There's a lot of negative effects that that religion and, and other irrational beliefs have. I saw something, a tweet up by Sarah Silverman. She said, if your religious beliefs are different to my religious beliefs, then who gets to make the law? I like that one too. It's quite a valid point, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a good reason to suggest that perhaps religious beliefs should not be involved in, in law, making laws. Yeah. That's when but you... then how would we know what was right or wrong? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, if there wasn't a gentleman holding a very old book telling us what to think. <laughs> yeah, what, you know, how would we know? Mm. Uh, I don't know. Mm. I guess that's why atheists eat babies, right? <laughs> <laughs> so where do we get our morals from in Australia, do you think? Oh. Um, well, <laughs> I think morality is a very interesting and complicated uh, subject. Uh, it's it's interesting that, you know, you hear, you hear theists saying things about it, uh, like you need to have... Uh, you know, you can't have morality without God. Uh, you know, there there are obviously objective morals. So without without God, you wouldn't be able to have those. Um, which is obviously, you know, for us, we wouldn't believe that. It's not really true. Like theists always try and push this dichotomy between an objective morality that's imposed by by God or by an external intelligence, and the only alternative being moral relativism which isn't really the case. You know, you can have morals that you've sort of figured out by reason and you put a lot of thought into it and you, f- you, f- you, know, you have a rational justification for why a certain thing is right or wrong. And I think that's generally what we do. You know, we talk about issues and we figure out why a certain thing is right or wrong, it, you know, based on the benefits and the harms that it has. We don't really need to be told, you know, we don't need a rule from outside to tell us. We can figure these things out. Simon. Hello. Where do you get your morals from in New Zealand? Australians. No, um... I guess Home and away, uh, neighbours. <laughs> neighbours. No, we... Yeah, I guess, you know, it's very similar to what Andrew was saying, or what I think. It's just common decency. I mean, we're not a very 
uh, religious nation, so we're quite. Cl- but we're you know, there's not people running riot around the place. In fact, we're one of the less violent countries around, and so there's obviously our morals are coming from somewhere. Um, and I think what Andrew said is right. Just kind of like a, as a whole, we can agree on what's generally more harmful and and uh, generally beneficial to us as a as a society, and can kind of base things on that. I was going to jump in and say I think the cliche I get a lot, and this isn't going to probably give you any laughs, so sorry. <laughs> um, is the one about whether we're a racist country or not? I get a lot. Oh, Wait. that is a very good question. Isn't Which, it? in my opinion, mm. I believe we are. Mm, absolutely, we are. Just try yeah. taking a bus anywhere. Exactly. Yeah, I think there's definitely a lot mm. of racist elements around. Um, the, the funny thing is, though, people always seem to assume it. Like, I, I've had a number of people on Twitter uh, essentially, uh, you know, when because they know that, you know, I put I'm from Sydney in my, in my bio and I, you know, I might mention that I'm from Australia. And they kind of go, you know, like they mention like Cronulla riots, <laughs> that sort of thing. Mm. Or they talk about killing Aborigines and, and colonisation, you know, as if I was around uh, yeah. when that happened. Um, it's, yeah, it's weird. They, they say, well, you should, you should leave the country, you know, and give it back, um, that sort of thing. It's really strange. And it seems to be people who are uh, people from India a lot of the time. It's, yeah, it's, I don't know why. If you're an atheist, then you must be uh, white and from a Western country. And that's why you're sort of criticising all of these poorer people from other countries, which is really strange because a lot of the time the religious people we're talking to are here or, you know, in America. I don't really get the direction they're coming from on that one. How far back do you want to go when you make a, an accusation like that? Like, get get out of the country. Go back to where you came from. I mean, if, we'd be go- well, everybody would, would be going everywhere then. No, well, we'd all, <laughs> we'd all end up back in Africa, wouldn't we? Well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so what have you guys got on this week? I think we already know Simon's answer. He's had a new yep. bionic leg installed. Yeah. It's <laughs> pretty sweet. Hmm? That's pretty awesome. And how do you I go... I don't know if I can top that. How do you go around corners? I hover now with my, with my new bionic <laughs> leg. You've got a new hover knee. <laughs> yeah. I've always wanted a hover knee. Well, I'll let you know how it works out. You know, still in early days of testing, but no, so far it's pretty good. Corners like a dog on lino. That's right. (laughs) I was imagining an inspector gadget leg with a spring. Leaps tall buildings in a single bound. Yeah, Yeah. why didn't I think of one of them? Damn. Yeah, you you had the opportunity. You went for the bloody hover knee. Rookie mistake, You could have gone for spring shin. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Andrew, what do you got on this week? Um, I've just been working on my blog. Um, I just um, I sent recently a, an article to Gamma Atheist to put up on his. Mm-hmm. Um, he does the series called uh, How I Became an Atheist. As I told you guys, I've pretty much always been one, and that's sort of what it's about. Um, when, when he was talking about that series, I thought, well, I don't really have anything to add because uh, a lot of the people are talking about how they got out of it, and it was about sort of freeing yourself uh, from the kind of the indoctrination that you'd grown up with. But I think it's, you get a different perspective from people like us who have never been a part of it. Um, So I I sort of wrote about that. So what's your YouTube channel, Em? My YouTube channel is, I've only put a couple videos up so far, but um, I've done one talking about the atheist superheroes and I've done another video um, on how I became an atheist. And ash is a controversial topic at the moment, isn't it? It is a controversial topic. So which side are you on? (laughs) Well, I'm a part of it, so maybe I'm a little biased, but I'm obviously um, pro-ash, 
And I mean, I think I'm really liking where it's headed. And we've had issues kind of with people not being like not really liking what we stand for from day one. But I think when it comes down to it, it's a platform for people to come and ask questions about atheism and humanism. And we've got members that are we all have our kind of areas of expertise and people that are, you know, scientists and stuff like that, Mm. that can sort of have the background to answer questions. And um, I've just kind of joined up with a few other people in Ash to launch Ash. so trying to um, be more open to answering questions from younger people who might have some. If they're allowed to get on the internet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when mum and dad say it's okay. <laughs> That's really cool. Look, Ash, it is controversial. I look at Ash and I think it's a pretty cool idea, but I've, I'm amused at how it's deployed because there's a lot of chiefs, not a lot of Indians. <laughs> 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 and I think, look, it could, it could go very well and I hope it does. On the other side, you guys have been copying some flack from other atheists, haven't you? Yeah, we have... Um... And, I mean, I get where they're coming from um, to an extent. A lot of people have kind of said, you know, it's like you're sort of starting your own religion type thing. But to that, I generally say look at a group like American Atheists or something like that where you've got a big group of atheists coming together, you know, for good to have a way to be able to communicate with each other. And um, with the kind of Chiefs and Indians thing... um, so not politically correct, by the way. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think we've got leaders, I guess, that are helping us sort of organise everything. But um, everybody in Ash has volunteered and seeked it out themselves. So if they are being targeted, one, that's not good. But um, two, everybody can leave whenever they want. Yeah, look, I, for that reason, I, I can't see how it does a great deal of harm. Yeah. Well, so, so, well, I mean, certainly people... not to the extent that some of the other people are claiming. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've been mainly ignoring it. Like, I've, I've got people, uh, you know, sort of Twitter friends on both sides, like people who are in it and people who criticise it. Mm. Um, but it doesn't really bother me at all. Um, I've never had any problem with anyone in it. Um, and I really don't think if I did, it would be representative of, of everyone in it um, or caused by the fact that it's a group. Yeah, it's it's not something that I need to worry about, I don't think. It's a very astute observation. Yeah, something... Um Captain Atheist and myself have both kind of talked about is the fact that we're individual tweeters first and then the group comes second. We are all individual tweeters. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody here got anything they'd like to plug? Sure, why not? Go for it. I, I've, um, I've got a science blog, so that's kind of where I'm taking my... We're trying to go with my Twitter is raising interest in, in science and all the cool science goes on. And there's loads of amazing science happening around the world that gets published, but I, I feel it, uh, it doesn't reach the audience it needs to, whether it be because of the uh, technological language barriers, like learning another language, which is science, or whether it just isn't the right medium. So I'm trying to try help bridge that gap with my blog, which is uh, sciencebysimon.blogspot.com.au, and I just take what I consider to be really awesome science that's coming out around the place and try and uh, explain it in absolute lay terms so that, and quite short as well so that anyone can just come along and have a quick read and try and arouse public interest in it. Excellent. Em? I guess I would plug, since I am trying to um, raise some money for my trip, my volunteer trip, um, so I've got a link on my Twitter profile um, in my bio just to my little fundraising page for anybody that wishes to help out to, for me to kind of raise some money to go and do some work over there. 
All right. How much are you trying to raise? Um, I think I have the mark set at one grand at the moment. But really, whatever people can help out with. <laughs> All right. Well, there's four people who subscribe to this. So each of you <laughs> listening were able to provide a single dollar to help Emma go over and stay. And, and Please. And save, I'm so needy. Save the children from being adopted by Angelina. Yeah. And, and save the elephants too. <laughs> save the elephants. They're important. Andrew. Yes. Um, well, I've got my, my website, my blog, which is at, it's called ageofinquiry.com. Uh, it's, it's one that I set up for it, it, intending to be a community. So, Anybody else can set up an account and put up their own articles as well and hopefully comment and get discussions going. I was, uh, I've also got my post that I wrote for Gamma Atheists blog, so that might be up soon. And that's about it. Beautiful. So everybody's unplugged. We are. As, so. it, as it were. <laughs> so guys, thank you for coming on the Herd Mentality podcast. Uh, it's been wonderful having you on. We have at Andrew Graham 01, at Atheist M and at MC Nick. K-N-I-C-K. Guys, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. No worries. Thank you. (sighs) That felt good, didn't it? It did. I'm a little bit upset that we don't get to hear the cool intro, like the Welcome to the Horror Mentality podcast. <laughs> Do you know what? I've heard that so little. Because <laughs> I, reco- really? I recorded it once, and then when I do the podcast, I just sort of copy and paste it in and just oh, forget I about it. it. Off it goes. I get the biggest smile on my face every time I hear it. You're That's excellent, I, isn't I it? I was wondering if you would ever change it, and I thought, if you happen to meet somebody in real life... You would have to. Yeah. Because you say, I've never met them. Well, if you did, yeah. then... Uh, then oh, yeah. said, someone sent me a tweet very early on in the piece, and he said, um, what did he say? He said, my wife just caught me saying, I've never met them, and they've never met me. <laughs> <laughs> famous. It gets stuck in your head, though, it does. Does it? Oh. Yeah, sometimes... I've, I, I've actually said, welcome to the Herd Mentality podcast before. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that... But, but, under what circumstances would that be relevant when have you ever welcomed anybody to my podcast (laughs) no like you know when you just get words stuck in your head Um, and so i like i'm i spend a lot of time alone like i live with my brother but um he's not like he's not here all that often so i talk to myself a lot and i'll get random words stuck in my head and that came out one time (laughs) do you reckon you could record it Welcome to the Herd Mentality bonus material. It's completely free. The zany tune is provided free of charge by at Musical Humanist. Today, I'm reading a eulogy, so strap yourselves in, thrill seekers! Okie dokes, guys. So, I got a tweet from a gentleman by the name of at AJ underscore... Varela, V-A-R-E-L-A, and he politely requested that I read his eulogy, even though he's fit and healthy and 31 years old. So here we go. I was born in Sacramento, California in March of 1982 from my mother's womb. Parents got divorced shortly afterwards. I can only assume I was the reason. I moved to Brooklyn, New York, and lived there until I graduated high school. 
After watching the events of 9-11 unfold in my hometown, I enlisted in the United States Air Force, January of 2002, as an all-source intelligence analyst. Initially assigned to Seymour Johnson AFB, comma, NC, serving in several positions to include the current analyst at Osan Air Base, South Korea. Upon completion of this short tour, assigned to Keflavik NAS, the Naval Air Station, Iceland, serving as the NCOIC of the Formal Training Unit for rotations of F-15C fighter aircraft. As a result of base closure, received orders to support the Air Force Special Operations Command at Hurlburt AFB Air Force Base, FL, which I assume means Florida, to serve as the NCOIC, the non-commissioned officer in charge, of the 20th SOS Special Operations Squadron for the MH-53 Pavlos. Wow. (sighs) (sighs) After approximately six years in the Air Force, completed a transition to the United States Army Officer Candidate School to commission as a second lieutenant in the field artillery branch. On Thursdays, I do jazz ballet. Upon graduation at the FAOBC, the Field Artillery Officer Basic Course, received orders to Fort Richardson, AK. Upon graduation from the FAOBC, the Field Artillery Officer Basic Course, received orders to Fort Richardson, AK. I think that might mean Arkansas. Assigned to Apache Company, assigned to Apache Company, 1-501st PIR, Parachute Infantry Regiment, as the FSO, Fire Support Officer, remained with the Apache Company for approximately two years to include a 12-month deployment to Pektika Province, Afghanistan? Is that a real place? (sighs) Yesterday I had to pop down to the shops because we ran out of bread and detergent. As the Company Fire Support Officer at Forward Operating Base, Wazakwa, that can't be real. That, uh, I was responsible for establishing a base defence plan training Afghan border police slash army slash national police elements, integrating US and Afghan military assets, as well as conducting patrols. Additionally responsible for the information operations campaign throughout the district, which was transmitted through the base radio station. I conducted numerous key leader engagements with the Mujahideen fighters, really? And the mullahs? Isn't that money? Isn't it a slang term? In order to achieve the unit's desired end state. (sighs) Almost there, guys. Almost there. Stay with me. When the unit's successful transition back to home station was complete, I received orders to the 2-377th PFAR, or the Parachute Field Artillery Regiment, as the executive officer. I successfully completed the Field Artillery Captain career course in March of 2012. I received orders to Bravo Battery, slash 1-30FA, as a BOLC2, Basic Officer Leadership Course instructor in the Fire Support Department. I completed the certification process in September 2012 and began instruction with Class 5-12. Career highlights include multiple military citations, achievement awards, accommodation medals, and the Bronze Star. On a personal note, I'm married to my wife of Raina since 2008. We have two daughters, Victoria and Viviana, and they're off limits! Thanks for asking! Completed two bachelor's degrees and currently pursuing a master's degree through Webster University. So there you go, Anthony. I really hope you have a long and wonderful life and that uh, perhaps you might get a giggle out of this. Cost you nothing. Take care, guys.